Exciting news at This Week Health. Starting May 16th, our keynote show is moving to Thursdays. Catch every episode weekly on our This Week Health conference channel. Don't miss conversations with top health system leaders designed to transform healthcare one connection at a time. Subscribe to This Week Health conference and stay updated every Thursday. Today in Health IT, we're going to take a look at a, we're going to do two parts. Actually, we're going to break this article. There was an interview done of Scott Galloway. I'm going to share with you who he is. And we're going to break it down into two sections. It's something I read last week while I was on vacation. Got me really thinking, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it. So I thought I'd share. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health. Set of channels and events dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. We want to thank our show sponsors who are investing in developing the next generation of health leaders, Shortest and Artisite. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. We have a webinar today. It's today at one o'clock Eastern time. It's the future of care spaces. Love to have you attend. You can hit our website, top right-hand corner. Go ahead and sign up there. All right. Uh, this is from the Wall Street Journal behind a paywall. So I will share some of it with you. And you may not have noticed it because the title is interesting. Why AI will make our children more lonely is the title, but it has a lot of topics, some of which are directly, directly important to us. Work-life balance, AI future, those kinds of things, and the work workforce and the workplace that I think is pretty interesting. So uh, anyway, I, I thought I'd share it with you. Scott Galloway is founder of companies, board member of others, business school professor and author, outspoken in his criticism of today's big tech-driven society. And he was interviewed at a Wall Street Journal CEO summit in London. And they started with this question, how will AI change the home and family lives of people in this room? And Galloway says, you'll get richer and your kids will get lonelier and more depressed. Most of the technologies we're coming up with, or a lot of them are pouring fuel on this flame of loneliness where we're finding reasonable facsimile of relationships. Social creates this illusion that you have a lot of friends, but you don't experience friendship. A lot of young men are self-selecting out, out of this world. They believe they're learning and investing on trading apps. And really what's happening is they're just gambling. It's just an addiction. It's, it's feeding that addiction. They think that they are having relationships when they are on Discord or sharing information. They feel rejected on dating apps. And he goes on to talk about how many swipes left or right you have to do in order to find your match. And it's over a thousand. And he says, we have a series of replacements fueled by technology for relationships, mentorships and workplace friendships, romantic relationships. And in the short term, it sort of fills a void, but it's empty calories. And I think you end up more depressed. So it's it's interesting because he, he talks about this, but then he goes on to specifically talk about the workplace. Uh, actually, I'm going to read this last paragraph because it sets it up. We're mammals and we're supposed to be around each other. I worry that there's a whole co cohort of young people, specifically young men, who will withdraw slowly but surely from the world. And the output of that is they become really shitty citizens. They're more prone to misogynic, misogynistic content. They're less likely to believe in climate change. They don't develop the skills to read a room and be successful at work. They don't engage in romantic relationships, so they don't have kids. And, you know, I, I think it's interesting. I think it's worth noting. That's not what this show's about, but I think it's worth noting some of the content. He goes on to connect it to something that I think is relevant for us, which is 
how do you solve for this in the workplace if you're a boss, right? So we've had a lot of conversations since the pandemic about what does the workplace look like and how do we nurture that workplace? Galloway goes on to answer this question this way. We need systemic solutions. We've taken away wood shop, auto shop, metal shop from high schools and basically told young men in high school to be more like women. Be organized, disciplined, sit in your seat. And the education system is highly biased against men. I think the labor force is quite biased against women, especially once they have children. But the educational workforce is biased against men. Boys are twice as likely to be suspended than a woman on a behavior-adjusted basis, the exact same infraction. A black boy, five times as likely to be suspended. What you can do as a CEO is first drop this fetishization of elite colleges. Wow, that's hard to say. Fetishization of elite colleges. They're going to be two female graduates from college in the next five years for every male and create more on-ramps into your company for kids who don't have traditional college certification. In terms of your workforce, I'm sort of the person that makes HR uncomfortable because the number one source of retention at a company is if the employee has a friend. I'm a big fan of remote work for caregivers. We should have a new classification of worker for someone who's taking care of a young child, aging parents, someone who's struggling with their own health. Remote work is a huge unlock. But for people under the age of 40, I think the office is a feature, not a bug. And that is, it is a fantastic place to find friends, mentors, and mates. We don't like to talk about this, but one out of three relationships began, begins in the workplace. 99% of relationships that begin at work are consensual. And we talk about and we publicize some abhorrent behavior and those people deserve to be in prison. But the people who I find are most righteous about being against workplace relationships are already married. And if you're going to ask a young person to work 12 hours a day in this competitive economy, where are they supposed to find a mate? You can see why this, I mean, there's so many provocative statements in here that it just caused me to think. The first thing it caused me to think about was this whole idea of uh, remote work for caregivers, creating a classification of worker that is around caregivers, people with young children, people with aging parents, because this is becoming more prevalent. Not the young children, that has been around for a while and we haven't done it right. We haven't done it well with people who stay home to care for their children. We haven't done a good job of that. And hopefully we can create this category that we do better. But this whole idea of caring for your aging parents is going to become more prevalent. And having a category where you can care for your aging parent, where you can spend extended periods of time, maybe in their town or bringing them out to live with you and taking them to their, their appointments and whatnot, that's an interesting concept in and of itself. And I think one of the big statements he makes in here is, this, but for the people under the age of 40, I think the office is a feature, not a bug, and that it's a fantastic place to find friends, mentors, and mates. We don't like to talk about this, but one to three relationship begins in the workplace. But I think that first part is so key. People under the age of 40, the office is a feature. This is where they meet people. This is where they find friends. This is where they find community. This is potentially where they find the person that they're going to spend the rest of their life with. And it's, it's definitely a place where they find mentors. This is a hard thing to do remotely. Mentorship is a hard thing to do remotely. The number of, 
of this is where that serendipity, those conversations that you have with the person in the hallway. I'm talking about people you're mentoring. I, I had people I mentored all along in my career. And when I was mentoring them, there was any number of times where I was walking around a parking lot. I was walking at a conference. I was, I was with them. That was part of the mentoring process. We were together. We were having conversations. They were noticing things that were going on. They were no, noticing conversations. They were asking questions about some interaction. They were next to me as we were having conversations with people in the industry they would not have gotten in front of had I not been, had they not been with me. And then they were able to say that was really interesting to have that dynamic conversation with that person who launched that company. Let me ask you a few questions. Mentorship happens life upon life. It's it's people together. I think it's a facsimile to do try to do it remotely, to try to manufacture it. And so I think that's I think that's something worth considering. Look, my views are irrelevant. I have I have a staff of seven people. They are all remote. We will never have an office. It's just not the design for our business, but it is relevant for you to ask the question, what are you doing for the people under 40? Are you creating a community, a community where they can connect, where they can be mentored, where they can move forward? Do you have a classification of workers that is the remote caregivers that when people fall into that category, that they they can do things? We're gonna talk about his statement at the end tomorrow he says, you know, a young person that works 12 hours a day in this competitive economy. I've had this conversation with my children several times over the last couple of months. And there's this belief in this next generation that there's never an appropriate time to work more than eight hours a day. And I, he actually addresses this. And I think it's worth considering and having a conversation with some of your workers about this concept of, you know, eight hours is what you get. You don't get any more than that. Once I give you more than eight hours in a day, my work-life balance gets out of whack. That's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. Again, very provocative article. If you get a chance to read it, highly recommend it. Why AI will make our children more lonely. Wall Street Journal. It was published. I, don't know, I actually have the paper version of this. May 29th, 10 a.m. Eastern time. So get a chance. Check it out. We will go through the rest of it tomorrow. I think it's worth doing. All right, that's all for today. If you know someone that might benefit from our channel, please forward them a note. They can subscribe on our website, thisweekhealth.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. And actually, if you were next to them, if you were walking the halls with them, you could tell them, hey, I listened to this great podcast this morning. I'm curious what you thought. Anyway, we want to thank our channel sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders, SureTest and Artisite. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.